0: We were the first to do this in an organized fashion, to stand up for ourselves. We felt, no, we are not perverted, we're not sick, we're not weird, and we are not wrong. We are right, and the world is wrong.
1: Hello, from Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, and this is Encyclopedia Womanica. Today, we're celebrating a woman regarded as one of the most influential members of the LGBTQ civil rights movement. Nearly a decade before the pivotal Stonewall Riots, she was working to make queer literature more accessible in major cities. Her activism is also one of the biggest reasons we no longer classify homosexuality as a mental illness. She was a pioneer of the gay rights movement. Let's talk about Barbara Giddings. Barbara was born on July 31, 1932, in Vienna, Austria. Her father was a member of the United States Diplomatic Corps. Her family returned to the States when Barbara was still young, and she began to cultivate a love of queer literature. It was a love that her father did not share. When he caught her reading a copy of the 1928 novel, The Well of Loneliness, which had become a censorship battleground over its portrayal of lesbianism, he ordered Barbara to burn the book. But as she continued into young adulthood, Barbara's desire to learn about sexuality, especially her own, continued to grow. She enrolled at Northwestern University in Chicago and studied drama, but queer studies continued to call. Around this time, she realized how few books on homosexuality were available in libraries. Those she did find portrayed it in an unflattering light. It was the 1950s, and homosexuality was considered to be a social and mental disorder by most doctors. After just a year, Barbara left Northwestern. She began supporting herself and her activism through clerical jobs, a practice she could continue throughout her life. In 1958, Barbara took the first step in her career— She started the New York chapter of the Daughters of Belitis, known as the DOB, the first lesbian civil rights organization in the United States.
0: But I must say that at first my vision of what we could do was very vague and very formless. And I don't think I really got a strong, coherent philosophy until the beginning of the 1960s when there was a distinct change in the temper and tempo of our own movement sparked in large measure by the advances of the black civil rights movement. And suddenly we began to see that the problem of homosexuality was not our problem, but society's problem, that gay is good in parallel with black is beautiful, that we had to not politely ask for a few crumbs of privilege from the table, but go out and demand rights in the courts and in other forums where we could get them.
1: Barbara also worked across Philadelphia, New York, and D.C. to organize public protests for LGBT equality. She called them annual reminders. By the time Stonewall rolled around in 1969, the annual reminders had tripled in size. The 1970 march commemorated Stonewall's anniversary. Participants traveled from Greenwich Village to Central Park. It's remembered as the first New York City Pride Parade. In the 1960s, gay women found themselves in a complicated position. The feminist and gay rights movements were both flourishing, but neither embraced lesbians as part of the cause. While many lesbians advocated for separating from both causes, Barbara was a strong proponent of one cohesive movement. This unity came in handy in the 1970s when Barbara, along with other activists, waged war on the American Psychological Association, the APA. Barbara and her fellow activists were determined to depathologize homosexuality as a mental disorder. Barbara and her peers at the Gay Liberation Front and Gay Activists' Alliance crashed the APA's 1970 meeting to demand attention on the issue, At the following year's meeting, they took over the mic. And in 1972, they launched their most ambitious plan yet. They organized a panel on homosexuality and provided their own expert to educate the APA. The stigma against homosexuality in professional circles was so severe that they couldn't get a psychologist to speak openly on their behalf. Instead, the panel was led by one Dr. H. Anonymous, who spoke through a voice modulator and wore a mask. Still, the panel shifted the conversation on what constitutes a mental illness away from homosexuality and onto homophobia. The following year, the APA announced it would remove homosexuality from its list of mental disorders. In the later years of her career, Barbara returned to her love of queer literature. She became coordinator for the Gay Task Force of the American Library Association and held the position for 16 years, despite not being a librarian herself. She wrote a history of the group and worked to make queer literature readily available in libraries across the nation. In 2001, the Free Library of Philadelphia established the Giddings Collection, the second largest collection of gay and lesbian materials in a public library. Barbara died on February 18, 2007, of breast cancer. Just before her death, she and her life partner had checked into an assisted living facility and took one last opportunity to display their history of activism. They came out in the facility's newsletter. All month, we're celebrating pride. For more on why we're doing what we're doing, check out our newsletter, Womanica Weekly follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Encyclopedia Womanica. Special thanks to Liz Kaplan, my favorite sister and co-creator. Talk to you tomorrow!